Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The U.S. Market Update with Money FM 89.3. Good morning, folks. Here's how markets wrapped up overnight. We've got the Dow Jones Industrial Average rallying the most in over a month as traders cheered the revival of Wall Street's IPO market and a decent batch of economic data. The Dow was up for the first day in three, climbing 330 points or up 1% to 34,907. So this means it also closes above its 50-day moving average for the first time since this month. It's also the blue chip average's best day since August the 7th. The S&P 500 gained about 0.8% to break above 4,500 and it is at 4,505. The Nasdaq Composite moved higher by 0.8% to 13,926. Let's unpack what's going on here with David Ditz. He is the Managing Principal and Senior Investment Strategist at PPAC Private Wealth Management. David, thanks for joining us on the show today. Good morning, Ryan. Hey, it looks like we are feeling good about our market today. So what is happening here? You have got two factors, I believe. One is the big IPO. We'll unpack that in just a few moments. And the other one that stands for me is the data. We did see data coming in hotter than expected. Would that be an expectation that good news for the economy would be bad news for markets? What's going on here? So, yeah, the inflation has been issue number one. And that, of course, is triggering the Federal Reserve having these historic 550 basis points of rate hikes over the last year or so. And we did see uh, the producer price index come in here hotter than expected. But if you look at the core which strips out the volatile food and energy elements, it actually came in, as expected, much softer. And so that continues the theme that, as a general proposition, inflation continues to recede. Mm. And uh, that, you know, cements people's belief that when the Federal Reserve meets later on this month, there's about a 97% chance that there will be no rate hike. And, of course, there's still concerns about possibly a rate hike later this year, but even those odds uh, dipped below 40% for the November meeting. So all that was uh, rejoiced in by uh, traders today. Yeah, David, looking at the U.S. Uh, retail sales, they rose 0.6% in August, climbing for a fifth straight month. What does this do for expectations of what the Fed might do when it comes to um, how consumer strength might feed into inflation? Well, certainly the stronger the economy, the greater the inflation risk. But that's probably more of a problem for the fixed income market rather than the equity market. I think at the end of the day, economic strength is good news for stocks, insurers continued demand, particularly in the auto sector, travel, dining out, all those post-pandemic activities that we're enjoying right now. And so I think traders saw that as a positive. Of course, you know, retail sales figures are not inflation adjusted. So when you match right. up, for example, uh, 70 basis point increase in retail sales versus uh, yesterday's 70% increase in headline CPI is still about flat, but we'll take it. Yeah, you mentioned the auto sector. We'll pick up on that in just a bit. But let's get into the IPO first. The big one, Arm making its debut day one, 25% pop. And if you look at the valuations, this will imply a price earnings ratio of over 110, pretty much where NVIDIA is right now. Does that make sense for someone to get in at these prices? 
frankly, no. <laughs> um, we're very <laughs> we're very happy that it had a successful launch. Um, but when you start lining up Nvidia versus uh, ARM, uh, you really say, well, why should I, you know, take a risk with uh, ARM because I've got Nvidia, which is much larger. I mean, the concerns in addition to that hundredfold uh, price to earnings ratio is you've got a 25% exposure to China, and we know some of the issues there. Uh, SoftBank still owns about 95% of the stock. They've had some issues there. They may well want to sell that, so there's an overhang there. And, of course, they're talking about a mid-teens growth rate in earnings, and, frankly, we just have not seen that in the past. So there's some skepticism there. Uh, if you want to pay that much, go right to NVIDIA, uh, which is you know, uh, so much better positioned. Yeah, talking about China, they are in the mix when we talk about Apple because recent reports have been highlighting suggestions that China might ban iPhones in government offices. And of course, Apple makes a lot of iPhones in China as well. It's a big market for Apple. How does this play out for Apple? Well, you know, certainly not a positive. Uh, we've already seen, of course, the Chinese government say that government workers should not be bringing their Apple iPhone to work. Uh, just the other day, we heard that they're, they've detected some security concerns. Now, could that be a precursor for uh, a broader ban on foreign-made uh, iPhones? Uh, it certainly bears uh, watching. I mean, Apple has about 20% of its business. Now, mind you, that includes not just mainland China, but also Hong Kong and Taiwan, but still a big chunk of business. So we'll just have to watch that. And it is a concern. I don't think either country wants to go it alone. And that would be a big step. But uh, it's certainly in play here. Yeah, talking about China, there is the angle as well. The EV makers in China trying to make their way into Europe. But um, regulators in Europe are trying to figure out if they are doing so unfairly, if they are subsidized unfairly in that sense. How is this going to play out for Chinese EV makers? Is there going to be pressure on their stock prices? Well, the stocks went down initially, but they actually rose a little bit today. I mean, the fact of the matter is Europe is behind the eight ball in terms of mm. uh, going over to EV production. Indeed, the 800-pound gorilla that has not been talked about in terms of Europe so much is Tesla. Tesla already has a huge market share in Europe. And, of course, we know that this country is subsidizing generally uh, EV production as it tries to get the country to shift over to a more climate-friendly electric electric vehicles versus gas-powered vehicles. And so they could easily start pointing their fingers at uh, Tesla. I don't think they can do that because I don't think that their domestic uh, manufacturers like Volkswagen are well-positioned here to pick up the baton in terms of EV production. So they're, they've got issues. They're pointing fingers at everyone else. I think that uh, they may not be able to keep the Chinese EV vehicles out. Yeah, David, talking about cars, uh, here's one that is making the news. You've got a strike, potential strike that might last a few weeks in the U.S. Despite that, you've got UBS upgrading stocks like Ford from sell to buy, GM from neutral to buy. What's going on here? Yeah, so it's a very serious situation here because the auto sector is such an important part of the economy, and we have seen the rhetoric on both sides to indicate they are far apart, and the contract is due to expire in less than four hours. So the last time this happened in 2019, it was against GM, and they lost billions and had a 300,000 uh, cars that were not built as a result. So this could be serious. If it went for more mm. than 10 days, the whole state 
that a Michigan could be in recession. It would cost billions from our GDP. Why is there reasons for optimism? A couple things. One is, of course, as an investor, a lot of this is already reflected in stock prices. Um, and GM, Ford, and the auto parts companies are all well off their highs. Second, of course, is that the UAW, the union representing the auto workers, has not developed a big treasury nest egg in order to pay the wages for the workers while they're out of work. So they feel that the most they could do is last for about four weeks. At that point, people say, well, I I admire the goals, but I got to put some food on the table. So they don't think the union actually has the staying power. What they're going to try and do instead of having all people off the payroll is just have selected strikes at certain factories, which perhaps would throw a monkey wrench into everything without having to to give uh, uh, union supplemented wages to everyone. We'll see how this works out. And of course, there's a lot of pressure on President Biden, who traditionally has been a big union supporter, but he doesn't want his economy to go downhill either. All right. And you've got a couple of investment picks in focus. Disney is one of them. And this is a stock that's been on a bit of a rally in the past few days, up 5%. What is going to be driving Disney in the coming months? You start with a company that's a unique property in the world where, you know, they got seven of the ten most visited theme parks, eight of the ten biggest box office movies, brands we all know and trust. Uh, the the opportunity, I think, for investors is the stock is at a nine-year low, which makes it much cheaper than it's ever been before. There's a lot of pressure here for them to develop their streaming business, uh, to uh, enhance profitability with the theme parks, but they've got all sorts of ways that they could ultimately enhance shareholder value. One, of course, is to break off certain areas which have less promise. And just today was in the news that, indeed, Disney has been shopping its ABC network to various potential buyers. That's putting a little lift in the stock because, A, you know, that would enable them to get more uh, value, which ultimately could allow them to reinstate the dividend. And, B, it shows that they are being flexible in terms of the situation. We're also happy that they reached a success successful agreement with Charter Communications, which allows uh, Disney to have Charter uh, market their Disney Plus offerings, which are going to be ad-sponsored, so uh, Disney will get some advertising money. So we thought that was a successful uh, situation there. All right, that's all the time we have today, David. It's been great chatting with you. We've been talking to David Ditz. He is the Managing Principal and Senior Investment Strategist for PPAC Private Wealth Management. David, it's been fantastic having you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Pleasure. All right, catch you again, David. Stay with Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.